only ever be where you are right now. What is your podcast? It's the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what's up, people? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Bottle Joe Podcast, episode 85 on how to cultivate presence. Now, this tasty podcast is brought to you by BottleJoe.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, Crash Course to Kick Ass Day Game. You can book one on one Skype coaching, uh, ongoing coaching, inquire within, and also dive in for the deep, immersive boot camps. Now, in today's episode, I dive into the tactics of cultivating presence, at least for the first half of this. It's really just about these little things I have in terms of breathing in terms of logical phrases that condense philosophies into these little things I call catch yourselves. And then as the potter goes on, we get very, very deep. And I encourage you to stay with it. Please breathe into it. And also, if you're not, there are certain points I ask you guys to go reference the YouTube version. So have that up with you as well. If you're listening to this on audio, it'll be worth it. Trust me. So with that being said, we're going to dive into this. Let's go. Yes. What's up, my people? Welcome back. We are doing a solo potter today on how to cultivate your presence, how to get into that life of mindfulness. And even without the spirituality and all of that that comes bottled in with this presence thing, we are going to keep things extremely tactical. We're going to keep things in the realm, in the light of what I deal with my clients who really just struggle, whether it's one-to-one with a girl, one-to-one with females, in terms of just being on a date with a girl, being in the bedroom with a girl, being out in a restaurant with a girl, or whatever it is, whatever environment they're struggling to be present within you know we're going to go into a lot of the tactics and what i deal with guys on that kind of level in terms of catching yourself little ways that you can find to catch yourself when you start to fall into these spirals of unconsciousness and you've just got that hamster wheel rolling in your mind we're going to dive into that but then i'm sure organically some more spiritual stuff we will dive into it's kind of sound like yoda when i said that i've you know some shit will come up because I've been, I've been on this journey myself, cultivating my own presence since I was about eighteen. You know, for those of you that don't know my journey or don't know my, don't know my story, maybe this is the first potter you're coming into. Holy shit, that rubbish truck is loud. You guys could probably hear that a little bit, but fuck it, we'll roll on. It's the potter. <laughs> mm, that much is good, son. Much is good. The much is back. This is the first solo potter we've done in like four episodes which I should address. I will address that in a second, but let me finish up the context of this potter. I started learning about meditation. I really found my way into the journey of self-help. And, and when I say self-help, self-help without the cold approach pickup side to it. I mean, self-help in terms of Paul gave me the book of The Alchemist and we start reading The Alchemist. Now we start reading Eckhart Tolle and we start reading into many different branches of spirituality, of consciousness exploration, all these different things. That really started for me roughly around 18. So, and I've been meditating every day since then in some way, shape or form. And when I say meditating, I will start to bring more clarity around these words and what they mean to me. But meditation, when I say meditation, at least in that light, I'm referring to a sit down practice as they refer to in Zen as sitting, right? Whether that's, uh, you know, the Japanese gardens, whether that's in my bedroom, whether that's out in the sun, whatever, you know, some form of dedicated, I'm going to sit down and control my monkey mind. So I've been doing that at least in some way, shape or form for the last uh, seven years or so. And then working into mindfulness, we're going to go into a bit of mindfulness and because there's definitely a separation there, at least in what it means on the day to day. And we, we will, this is going to be like an onion. This podcast is going to be like an onion because as you get deeper into Zen philosophy and mindfulness and presence and all these different things, what you start to find is that as you get closer to the truth, 
Less words are needed. And actually, words at all block true presence. And so that's that's where we're going to go. Because if, if we start, I was about to roll right into that tangent. If we start off with that right here and now, I'm sure I'm going to lose a whole bunch of you. <laughs> Which is actually not necessarily a bad thing. Like if you're not ready to end, if you're not at the place to understand that the clouds covering the moon are just, the moon is always there and you cannot be attached to the coming and going of these clouds, aka your thinking. If you're not ready for that type of talk yet, maybe this pot is not for you, but I will be a bit, I will be a little bit more friendly. I will be a bit friendlier from the beginning of this pot and we'll start very tactical in the sense of, you know, with my clients that I deal with, a lot of the times I'm dealing with guys that reach out to me and they say, listen, during sex or during this date or when I'm trying to be present with a girl, I just cannot stop thinking. I cannot stop this caged monkey just rummaging around in my mind looking for the next banana. Is that the banana? Is he coming with the bananas? Is Adam rocked up with the bananas? You know, it's like that type of thing. I deal with this on the day-to-day of guys. And there are several original exercises. When I say original, I don't recall having been taught them by someone else. I'm sure all my influences from, you know, from uh, Lao Tzu, from Eckhart Tolle, from Wayne Dyer, from Apollo Coelho, all these different names, the names go on. I'm sure the influences, you'll see them. But to the best of my knowledge, what I call catch yourselves, they're just my own little brainchilds of finding a way to when I'm under the heat when the heat under the collar is starting to build up, when I'm next to this girl or when I'm speaking in front of a group of people or where I'm at a potentially confrontational situation with someone, how I can catch myself to bring myself back into the present moment when that monkey starts rummaging around in the cage. So we'll dive into those and we'll probably start with that, but hang on a second. Hang on a second, Mother Chuggers. Because I've gone, uh, that's the pre-context, man, it's been a minute since we've done this solo style potter, because I, you know, like, normally for those of you that are keen, keen potter listeners, I normally set the context for where we will dive into, because that is part and part me just getting my thoughts together, because I don't write notes, I don't prepare for this shit, I don't, I don't sit down for days and days at a time drinking nothing but the dew of a ginkgo leaf, trying to discuss what the, that was called. Try, let me stay focused. Trying to describe to myself how we're going to uh, go into this. The reason why I almost lost my shit when I thought of that is because that is a reference to one of my favorite movies of all time, and it just came out so well. If you know that reference, drop it in the comments down below on YouTube. I'm not going to say what movies that's from, but I'm hoping that there's... And don't Google it. Don't you fucking Google it. Don't you Google those words. If you don't know... Just say you don't know. But if you do know, let me know as well. Anyways, let's park that. All I'm trying to say is that when I set the context for these potters, uh, it's more so for my own benefit than anything else. Like, of course, it honey dicks you. Of course, it teases you as to where we might go. But it's also kind of me just, what the hell are we going to do? Now, the reason why I'm telling you that is because now I would normally go into an email. Normally, I would go into where this came from. Because when you're 85 potters in, you don't, most of the stuff I'm thinking about is kind of already discuss, already been discussed, at least in macro. So of course, I'm really just making these solo potters based on individual context, based on one person, based on this girl that emailed me, based on this guy that emailed me. And of course, that's what I got for you guys today. And today I've got some shit hot deep context from a man named, uh, I can use this full, no, yes, no, 
I won't use his full name. I probably could, but I'll just use his first name. His name is Saleh, and he's from... He's not from Canada, I believe. Or he could be, or he even moved to Canada. I think he's... I think he's from somewhere in the Middle East, just based on looking at his name here. Could be Indian. I think he's Middle East, though. My apologies, Saleh. I think that's Middle East. Very broad. But anyways, it's saying... Because in my... Uh, this is an email sent through my website, boldoja.com, where you guys can send me emails as well. Also, just... If we're on doing plugs right now, shout out to the gram at Uitang1. Hit me up there. Uh, it's saying that he's from Canada. So I think he moved. Anyways, he sent me a major email based on his inability to be present. His inability. And I think more specifically, if I'm recalling, because this is about a month old. Uh, normally I get to these a lot sooner. It's almost a month old, but we've been doing many different things. So I thank you for your patience, my friend. He sent me this email, and from what I recall, it's that he's struggling to be present during sexual activities, during the act of being not only physically, but emotionally sexual with a woman, sexually. In that sexual space, he's struggling to maintain presence. And actually, now that I'm really diving in off my own memory here, it also had a lot to do with inability to enjoy the present moment so there's some stuff there's some shit we are going to dive into today which i'm very excited for and yes so that's it that's the pre-context i'm just thinking about things we've done four podcasts in a row with guests or three in a row of guests something like that one of you shouted out asking me you know to do a solo potter i'm like listen guys don't worry we'll always do the solo potter it's just that i'm starting to spread my wings a little bit get the ideas of other people in here there's a lot of benefits to that as well and listen, when you've done 80s plus potos, you don't just all of a sudden drop what brought you to the dance. Oh. So don't stress, don't stress. We might do 10 guests in a row and then I might do a solo. It's always going to be based on context, what I feel needs to be put out into the world. So let's get into this guy's email. Let's go. Oh, that's a, that's a long pre-context. I'm just going to reset this camp. That's something else I haven't had to think about in a while. I'm going to reset. Hang on. I say I haven't had to think about that in a while because with the uh, guests on the potos, I'm using my phone to record that, which just records endlessly, which uh, of course is not as good quality as my DSLR here, but that's because it's a solo potter. I don't mind taking one second to reset that button. Anyways, Jesus, here we go. Here we go. This email is taking us a while to get this email, but we're getting it now. Okay, Celeste says to me, Hey man, always appreciate your videos. I love, I love how you go in depth on podcasts instead of just getting a touch on the subject. My man, I wanted to talk about an issue that I have. I don't know how to change it. I have a complete lack of presence. I am always in my head living my inner world. Although I like going out a lot in trying to be social, I don't get the fun out of it as I tend to think every single thing over the logical boring order even with a lot of use of alcohol, which... Okay, I need to pause this right here because if it sounds like I sound retarded right now because I'm like speaking weird, it's because there's no grammatical commas or full stops in this message. So please bear with this message as I've tried to dissect it as well. I like going out a lot and trying to be social. I don't get the fun out of it as I tend to think every single thing over the logical boring order. Even with a lot, with a lot of use of alcohol which people use to let loose doesn't work for me. I still am in my head when I'm doing normal life activities. People tell me I am always in my head when using marijuana too. <clears throat> As I'm supposed to be just chilling and having fun and my fun gets ruined during the night or day because I want keeping, because I keep wanting approval 
from others, not just from girls. Anyone I think is above me, I need to get their approval. Lastly, finally a full stop, Jesus. Jesus, give me a breath. Lastly, the main issue that's ruining my life is just simply existing with the other person. Even with the skills I have, I managed to hook some girls for pulls, but after the night, it gets very awkward as I feel like I don't know where to take it or just simply being with the person after getting to know them state. Okay, so I apologize for those of you that had to bear through that because that was like pulling teeth. Um, I, I, I understand, Soler, that English is most likely not your favorite. Uh, it's favorite. Sorry, English is most likely not your um, first language. However, that was rough. Like that was rough. You've got to put some comments. You've got to put some full stops in. But moving beyond that, so essentially what this guy is saying, if we can condense it, and I sh- I sh- before I do that, I also hit him back saying that I'd like some more context. So I asked him a few questions as to, number one, how old are you? Number two, do you have a daily meditation slash mindfulness practice? If so, how long have you been practicing for? Number three, what was your upbringing like? Parents, friendship circles, romantic relationships, etc., etc. Now, I'm not going to read through all of his response because it was bloody long. It was super long, which of course I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm not mad at that at all. It's what I asked for. But I'm not going to read all that out to you guys because we will be here for a sweet minute if we do. But there is one part I want to read out of of it of it because that was the part about the sexual inability to enjoy sexual um, a sexual space of a girl. So I just want to find this. Here we go. I've already kind of got it. Here we go. He says. <clears throat> This is like the towards the end of his response to my context question. I lost my virginity here, but here's the main thing. I had the girl I had in the moment, but I could not enjoy it. That's when it hit me. In quotes, I'm having sex and I'm still not having fun. Slash, I'm in my head. End quotes. After that, there came another moment where I was going out with my new friends, etc., etc., not being able to lose up with friends. Okay. So that's the part that I really wanted to dive into because when I read that and I saw that, I was like, yes, this is relevant. This is where a lot of people can get a lot of value from. This is something I'm going to be able to dive in on big time. It's something that that I've spoken a lot about with other clients, particularly uh, recently, actually. Just this inability to be able to, especially in a sexual space, I think that's what I find most interesting about this because in a sexual space, you would think in such an ecstatic and when I say ecstatic, very much in an ecstasy-like way in which that you've got all these endorphins rushing, supposedly. You've got all these love hormones rushing, supposedly. You've got the connection in its rawest level between the masculine and feminine energy. You would think that this is where if you were to enjoy any moment, you would be able to enjoy this moment. But it seems to be something that's an issue for young males in particular. Young males in particular. Get the fuck out of here, Graham. These messages. I appreciate it, but these messages... So that's, I guess, why I uh, wanted to just isolate that one part. And if we cycle back to his first message, you know, he says here, I have a complete lack of presence. I'm always in my head living in my inner world. So let's start right bloody there. We're going to start right there. And we will have to refer back to this message because there's so much to unpack. So this is a, uh, this is like moving houses, right? There's a lot to get into this. So I'm always in my head. I'm always living in my inner world. Let's start real tactical since I just hit you guys with a shit ton of uh, context and a lot of a lot of talking. And of course, this is all talking. It's a podcast, but some stuff that I feel like you guys will be able to take immediately is what I call the catch yourselves. 
I probably have discussed this in little drips and drabs in the past, but let's go hard here. Catch yourselves. The idea behind catch yourselves is just something that I created for myself. So this is one man's way of bringing himself back into the present moment when he notices that he is no longer in said present moment. I called it catch myself. Okay. And all it is, it is extremely simple. The catch yourself is it condensing a very macro theory or a very, not even theory, but just a very macro philosophy, right? Something that I could spend maybe an hour discussing with a client over Skype calls, whatever, or even just spending days and months on my own understanding this one very intricate idea and concept philosophically, condensing all of that into one short phrase. And that short phrase has to resonate with myself on a very visceral level, on a level that rings some bell inside of me. So one in particular for me, and I've got many of them, I've got many of them, but I guess if I recall back to the very first one, it was, are you drinking the water? And it's beautiful because I got a glass of water right here. Let me take this metal straw out as well because that's going to make some some noise. It's going to piss you off. Saving the environment, bruh. <laughs> take that straw out. Hang on. Okay. Are you drinking the water? Are you drinking the water? So I have, I have actually mentioned this in a video. I forgot what video it was. I think it was... Uh, I think it was... It's a video to do with the number one thing that kills her attraction. I think it was called, it's, that's very similar to the title. And I actually did a little, uh, there's a little piece film that I filmed on that, that was kind of based off of this little catch yourself. So when you take a glass of water, all right, I got a glass of water. For those of you on the tube, you can see this right now, but those of you listening, I'm holding a glass of water. I'm just going to take a sip. Now, Unless you could see what I just did then, for those of you that were watching, but you just saw what I just did, I closed my eyes and I went to the present moment without water. Nothing else, nothing more. I simply drank the glass of water. Now I'm going to allow for a lot of pauses here and I'm going to allow for a lot of silence because while it may seem what I'm about to say is very mundane and very, okay, like, and... No, no, no and. Think about what I just said. I took a glass of water and I drank the water. When you're drinking the water, are you drinking the water? Now, this concept, what you're hearing right now is the catch yourself. I apply this to my entire life. Whenever I'm, say I'm out having a meal with someone or even just on my own, and I notice that I start to go into my own inner world, as Soler has described here, and I start becoming that monkey that is in the cage, just cage, just like just yanking on the bars. Like when's the next banana coming? When's the next banana coming? And just getting fucking crazy about it. And what is the banana? So to speak, the banana is the next thought and you're just craving the next banana. Right? You just, this, this, this chimpanzee going fucking crazy in this cage, looking for these bananas. That's kind of one of my visualizations for the overthinking and the over analysis and the thought processes we go into when we are disconnected from this very moment. So one way to calm that monkey down for me and one way to actually separate that and more than even just separating, sorry, more than even just, more than even just acquiescing and calming down this monkey, one way of shutting this off entirely is with this catch yourself that brings me back to the water. So take me back right there. 
say I'm out. Let's bring this into a visualization so you can really visualize this. Say you're out. Say Soler's out. Actually, let's go straight to the, let's go straight to the teeth then. Let's go straight to the teeth. Let's say it's Friday night. It's Friday night. All the Jennies come around. Okay. Maybe you have one or two dates. Had that first that you met her on the street. Let's say, okay, we had a nice had a nice session. We were on the way to that coconut oil. We met Jenny. Had a great time. Exchanged details. Okay, we met up. We had our first initial interaction. Find out that we find we're pretty cool together. Okay, next thing goes down. I'm at her place. I'm at her apartment. Let's make it even a little bit more potentially less comfortable for you. We're at her place. Unfamiliar environment. Unfamiliar surroundings. Maybe there's a couple of housemates in the in the uh, in the vicinity as well. And you're there on the couch of it. You're chilling with this movie. Okay, so there you're chilling with Jenny. And uh, you know, she's she's not just any girl as well. Jenny's the type of girl that's blowing your mind. She is your 10. She is the girl that gives you a heart thump the moment that you smell that feminine presence get anywhere near to you, that you take in her aromas, you take in her eye contact. So I'm painting this all for you here, making it real for you. This is a very likely situation in which you're going to go and dive into that monkey mind. You're going to dive into that caged monkey mind because you're just going to be thinking about, okay, am I doing this right? Am I pleasing her? Am I being attractive? What do I do with the friends? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? And I'm making this very relevant to Soleil. I'm very making this relevant to anyone listening who's been in this situation because this is very real for me as well. Right? Catch yourself. When I notice myself going into that thought process, because there's many different types of thought processes, and I don't want you guys to get, uh, and I don't want you guys to get too bogged down on just the female thing, because I know that this extends to way more, and we will build this out. That's what the bottle is. We will build this out. But stay with me here. So you get in your mind blown by this girl, and you've got all these thought processes that could cause, possibly be separating you and cutting you out from the present moment, which would of course turn her off. The moment, and a girl doesn't consciously process this. And vice versa, actually, it's, it's for all human beings. We don't consciously process unless you are trained in this space to recognize when someone is no longer present in the moment. Most people aren't just sitting there. Jenny is not sitting there going, I wonder why this guy is in his head and not present in the moment right now. I wonder what type of limiting beliefs, past experiences, self-perceived perceptions self-perceptions of himself that are cutting him off from the present like that's not what she's thinking all that she is perceiving is the feelings and the emotions of how you are disconnected which is extremely unattractive for anyone for anyone so if this is happening to me what i do is and i notice this and i notice this and this is the key the key is is that as soon as you notice that you are in fact inside your own mind and one way of doing that because you're it's pretty obvious, but one way of doing it without having to logically, you know, analyze, am I in my head? Am I not in my head? Is this thought a good thought? Without even having to do that, what you'll notice is that when you are no longer connected to the moment and when you have gone into your mind, into your inner world, what you'll notice is physiological changes. What you'll notice is that your heart rate starts to increase, that you start to grip your hands. And for everyone, it's going to be a little bit different. You know, for me, I noticed that my left side gets a little bit tighter. I noticed that my left trap might start to raise a little bit higher. I noticed that I start to furrow my brows a little bit. Physiologically, you can train yourself to note, okay, what are the signs? What are the symptoms, the indicators that I am no longer connected to this moment? What happens when I go into my mind? Oh, I noticed that I, I start to grip my hand a lot, or I start to do, et cetera, et cetera. 
So you can just train yourself to notice those physiological things beyond even just having to look at your own uh, mental thought space. But even when you just notice, okay, I'm in my mind right here. I'm going to go straight to my couch myself. I'm going to go straight to myself. And one thing I'll do with myself is that, remember, it's an entire philosophy condensed into one line and it needs to be very, very short, such as for me, Adam, are you drinking the water? Now I know, for those of you that are not good with literality, I know I am not drinking the water in that moment. I know I'm sitting on the couch with a girl that's blowing my mind. What is that good to do with drinking the water, Adam? Please, please dive deeper with me here that through the experience of knowing what it is to drink a glass of water and to only drink a glass of water and to not be concerned with the future or the past, you take that lesson and you now apply that to each and every experience that you have in your life. So that when I am getting pushed into my monkey-caged mind, when I am getting pushed into my inner world and I can no longer be present with this girl, all I need to say to myself is, Adam, are you drinking the water? And what that signals to me is that, oh, I'm thinking, oh, I'm not here right now. I'm in living in a dream right now. I'm living in a dream because when you are thinking, you are no longer in this life, right? Life is not thinking. And this is a big thing that I had with one of my clients about a week ago. But he was really struggling with presence. Shout out to T if he's listening to this. And I asked him, because this is one of his biggest problems was overanalyzation. And I asked him, T, is life thinking? And he said, what do you mean is life thinking? He said, what do you mean? I said, is life, comma, thinking? He's like, no, life's not thinking. And I said, life's not thinking. You need to wake up. Life is now. Life is now. So when you can understand that and you can start to breathe into it and go, okay, I'm going to start to recognize, acknowledge, that's all it is. When you bring awareness to your own thought processes and when you bring awareness to the idea and to the fact that I am no longer here in this moment with this girl, that's it. However you come to that awareness, I don't care. Whatever works for you, that's all that matters. It's just that this catch yourself thing. Now, the... The thing with the water, that didn't just happen in a moment for me. I had to work on that for quite some time and it had to become something for me that I could, in a training-like sense, that I trained myself on that so that maybe say when I'm, uh, at a, at a, maybe I'm, I've gone out with a couple of friends and then they happen to bump into a couple of different friends and there's a few people that I know there that I'm uncomfortable with or well, I just wasn't expecting this or any unexpected situation. Even if you just take like, general social situations that make you a little uncomfortable standing in lines at the airport da, 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 and like you know you want to talk to this person but you're a little bit shut in your own mind etc etc house parties your best mate's girlfriend whatever this type of stuff right and it had to become a thing for me where I would default to as long as I can see that I'm no longer present at this moment catch myself with Adam are you drinking the water that immediately brings me back to the first understanding the real true understanding I had in that one moment where I said to myself, oh, I wasn't drinking the water, which means that I wasn't there in that moment. So when I say to myself now, am I drinking the water? All that means is, Adam, come back into the moment. It's a very, it's something for me that 
it took me a long time to try to explain to someone else, but now that I use it with my clients quite a bit, it comes out it comes out almost too simply. And that's why I think I'm trying to just make it try and explain it a little bit more for you guys, but please don't dive too deep into it either. The catch yourself is a very simple mechanism, and I encourage you to develop your own. And I actually I've done that with many of my clients. You know, I just say to them, you know, find a way, any activity any mundane activity for you that you do regularly and that you can embody the idea of I am focused on this and only this, whether this is vacuuming, whether this is lifting up the dumbbell, whether this is uh, brushing your teeth, right? Anytime you're in this mundane activity, which is very easy for you to disconnect from the moment, and let's bring this down to Soleil here, I would recommend you do this. Find a mundane activity that you do that you know that you are very likely to go into unconsciousness with because it's just driving is one of them. Driving is, are you, are you actually driving the car? That's a very interesting one, actually, that I probably haven't really said to myself before. But if you actually think like, how conscious are you? How aware of the moment are you when you're driving? Generally speaking, not very, not very. I know that's scary, but not very. Because it's such a thing that you do all the time. You know, writing something down that you write down all the time. Like the word, hey, like you could, there's probably so many words you could write, which you don't even consciously write anymore. Like you're not thinking about it. You just write it, whatever it is for you. It's why I like the process of making matcha so much because matcha in and of itself is a catch me. It is a catch yourself for me because you can make, you can make a really half-assed bowl of matcha and you can go through the motions of it, even with the whisking, even with the sifting, all these different things. And the different processes of getting the right temperature of the water. You can once you've done it so many times, you can just kind of unconsciously go through and bang through it in like 20 seconds if you really need to. But each and every single little step provides you an opportunity to catch yourself and bring yourself into the moment. So this is where I'm going to wrap this up because this is a straight tactic that I think is the biggest ticket for if you want to learn how to cultivate presence. Essentially, what I'm saying here is learn how to recognize when you are non-present. A huge part of cultivating presence is analyze, not analyzing, sorry, is being aware of and acknowledging when you are no longer present. And it's something that I've learned from, uh, you know, something that Wayne Dyer used to go into a lot. You know, when I was on the come up and I was learning from Wayne, whether I ever heard him say this a lot explicitly, whether it was either that or it was just the vibe that I used to get from him, which is that you don't necessarily need to spend hours and hours developing some philosophy. But if you can just have a little short mechanism that short circuits your monkey cage mind, this inner world deep, deep dive that Celeste's talking about, that's really all you need. And actually, as I've been learning more from various Zen masters, uh, and when I say Zen masters, I don't mean that in a woo-woo way. I mean that literally that these people are referred to as Zen masters. They've spent 20, 30 years. They, uh, they have Zen centers they set up, and one in particular um, was the first Korean Zen master to teach in America. Uh, Sung San, Sonsa. Actually, I think it's pronounced Sungsa, Sansa. There we go. Sungsa, I think Sansa in Korean just refers to Zen master, but Sungsa, and I've been reading his book, Dropping Ashes on the Buddha, which has been translated by Stephen Mitchell. And listening to the way that he talks and listening to the way that, and reading these transcriptions of how he coaches his students and uh, the people that have come to him seeking wisdom, seeking enlightenment, it's very, very simple. It's very stripped back. It's very, it's not, he doesn't dive into hours of dialogue of philosophy and dives into 
what all these different sutras could mean, he condenses it into these things known as uh, kongans, kongans, which are like little questions that he'll get his students to spend years and years on to help them to come to different stages of quote-unquote enlightenment. And the reason why I say quote-unquote enlightenment is because that is one of them when you say what is enlightenment. And even the very idea of trying to formulate a logical-based answer to the question what is enlightenment or are you enlightened actually defeats the purpose of being enlightened. So like I said, we some spiritual stuff we will start to dive in, but let me wrap this up and say that because where I was really going with that is saying that it's not so much in my mind in terms of you want to take the biggest ticket of cultivating presence, not so much about having this deep philosophical understanding of what it means to drink the water, but just to know that when I drink water, I must drink water. When I walk, I must walk. And that Zen mind and present mind, clear mind, is everyday mind. Something that I learned big time from... Whoop, hold up. It was something that I learned big time from Miyamoto Masashi. You know, Masashi-sama. He taught me so much about your battle stance is your everyday stance. And actually in the Hagakure by Yamamoto Sunetomo, he talks about how the way that you sleep on the tatami is the way that you go to war. And I know that's not the exact words. It's definitely not the exact words. But essentially is that, and actually I think I'm just recalling now, it's starting to come back to me. It's something to do with, in terms of the words, that if you can't be, is it honorable? Loyal? Honorable? I think it's honorable. Fuck it. I'm going to get the quote. I'm going to get the quote because it's actually quite important. But it's it's to... Uh, Fuck it, I'll get it. I'll just get it because otherwise I don't, I don't want to butcher this one. Because actually, it's the it's actually quite important the words that I'm talking about. It's a good thing that I might ever know here. Actually, it'd probably give you guys a bit of a break because I've just hit you a whole bunch of shit. So you let your minds just uh, let your minds cool down for a second. Dive into the old Evernote and search in no Yamamoto Sunetomo. Here we go. Actually, that book itself is a fantastic book. The Hagakure, The Book of Leaves by Yamamoto Sunetomo. There's a lot of quirky shit in it, but in terms of if you're looking to learn more into that, that old world wisdom, it's good shit. Uh, I'm just seeing through his quotes here. I know this doesn't make for a good potter, but just try and breathe while I'm doing this. If it doesn't come up, it doesn't come up. But uh, I won't let this get too derailed because it might take me a little while to find this. So let me just say this. The point of his quote was that the way that you sleep on the tatami mat is the way that you act in battle. And that if you can't have honor on the tatami mat, you can't have honor in the battle. And what that really means is that everything is one. Everything is as it is. Everything is the same. There is no difference between your behavior in the small things and your behavior in the big things. The small things are the big things and the big things are the small things. One mind is all mind. So when I'm painting these lessons from all these old, actually, uh, Sung Sa is only from the 70s. I think most of his teachings in Dropping Ashes on the Buddha are from 1975 or so. But when I'm talking about you know, Yamamoto Sunotomo, or he might have been 1200, 1300, something like that. Uh, and Musashi was about 1500, 1600. You know, some old world wisdom there. And there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot to be learned, which is actually why I'm most attracted to Eastern philosophy. Not so much because of uh, 
it definitely rings some kind of bell in my heart, but it's also because of how relevant it is to today and how I love anything that stands the test of time. I love anything that that has uh, been passed down through generation to generation and still is relevant to today. I love that shit. I love that shit. So anyways, these masters, these people that spent a long time uh, expounding their philosophies and working these things out, you don't. I think that's where I was going with that point in general, that you don't necessarily have to spend hours and hours diving into that, but you can really just take the cliff note, so to speak, the at least just the mechanism, which is what I painted for you, which is the catch yourself, and you can take that into your everyday life. So moving beyond that now, shall we dive into the sexuality of things? Because yeah, because because when I think about it, I just want to make sure that I have in fact addressed all that I wanted to address with him on the tactical side of things. That yeah, if my clients, and I can, so many faces come to name now. Some, that actually sounded kind of interesting. So many faces come to name. I don't think I've ever said that. That's interesting. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. So many faces are popping up that I've talked to them one-on-one and said, listen, the most, the most important thing is for you to cut off your thinking mind, to cut off that caged monkey mind. And the best way of doing that is address it, acknowledge it, and bring yourself back into the moment. Now, breathing, of course. I haven't spoken on breathing. But actually, this is a perfect segue. This is a perfect segue into breathing in the sexual space. Because, ha ha ha, I was going to say her name for a second. <laughs> um, should I? No, no, she's got a boyfriend now. So if she didn't have a boyfriend, I probably would say her name. Because then she would pro- she'd probably still slap me, but in a good way. You know, like just, just uh, you know, that anime style way of giving me a good old slap on the head. But, but because she has a boyfriend, I will respect the fact that her boyfriend probably doesn't want her being attached to this. When I say attached to this, doesn't want to be, I'll be respectful. Okay, let me just say that. Because I don't know. If they were here and now, that's what I like about doing with guests. I can try and work that out to see how uncomfortable they are. Because what I've been noticing as I've been, slight tangent, what I've noticed with these guests is that I can tell when people get uncomfortable based on certain questions. And it gives me a, I've been learning about how far to push. Should I push this? Should I not push this? Anyways, so I won't use her real name here, but there have been a few times, and it's actually not just her, it's been many times where when I'm with a girl, the best way of me catching myself, even beyond the logicality, is diving into the physicality. Because the logicality definitely does help, but sometimes the physiological response that you have to being with a girl that you are super attracted to is just so overwhelming. And that to have a logical catch yourself, even if it's a short phrase like, are you drinking the water? Sometimes that's not enough. Or sometimes it doesn't have the impact that you would necessarily require. And the impact that I'm more looking for is something that allows my body to physically relax. Because I guess with a logical catch yourself, that is something that when you're trying to deal with someone on a more logical sense would be more appropriate. But if you're dealing with someone in a more physical space, so we're now we're diving into the sexuality of things emotionally and physically, what you do need is something that will help you to catch yourself and bring yourself into a more physically relaxed, enjoyed moment. Okay, so let me paint this out. Now we set that up mindset, set up that mindset. Let's paint this out. What that means is breathing. This, is, this will be forever the number one catch yourself, even beyond, even though I like, I dr- are you drinking the water? Even in a logical space, across all languages, Across all cultures, it doesn't matter who you are, we can all relate to breathing. 
And the reason why I'm tying this in is because sexually, it does so many things for you. If you can learn to, every time you get tight, every time you start to feel that, and with Soleil here who was saying that he's unable to be present when he's having sex with a girl and being in a sexual space, I would be very interested. I know it's going to sound creepy, but I'll be very interested to be able to observe his breathing in that moment. I know that sounds fucking weird. And I, I knew it was going to sound fucking weird before I even said it, but it sounds even weirder now that I just said that. But I don't take it back. Nah. Because nah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I would be very curious to know how he's breathing in that moment. Because I know for myself that one of my favorite things to do is just observe my breathing when I'm with the girl and I start to feel myself getting tense. When I start to feel myself coming out of the present moment, diving into a dream. And I like referring to it as that way. And stay with me when I say that. Because I don't really mean that figuratively. I mean that literally. When you are not present to the moment, you are in a dream. You are no longer connected to real life, the present moment. So when I'm in this dream, when I notice, when I'm when I'm noticing that, one of the best ways for me is just to bring myself into the physical moment by breathing. What's that gonna do? Lower my blood pressure, lower my heart rate, lower my breathing rate. If I can take deep diaphragmic breaths, right? Breaths that start in the balls, breaths that start. So, and if you're a girl listening to this, breaths that start in the eggs, right? Take a breath that starts in your eggs, that goes all the way from the deepest, the deepest, most inner part of your core and circulates through to the rest of your body. You breathe that deeply and you do that five to six times. It's pretty hard not to relax. It's pretty hard not to relax. And what you'll notice is how much judgment and attachment you have to your thoughts. And if you find that it is very difficult to move away from that attachment, what I'll be doing in that moment, attachment to those thoughts, what I'll be doing in that moment is that I'll be requesting the empathy of the girl that I'm with, of the partner that I'm with. Because if it's that intense and you really can't be present and you really can't take five to six deep diaphragmic breaths with the girl next to you, with the guy next to you, then there's probably other things at play here. There's probably things to do with, I don't know from speaking of a guy's, guy's experience, Probably your lack of experience. A lot of guys are unable to tap into the present moment with a woman when they're in a sexual space with her because they have not had the experience with her. Whether that's just one-to-one or whether that's one-to-many. Whether it's just that it's a new level of girl, they've never experienced this type of girl before, that's scaring the shit out of them. So they're unable to stay present. Or it's more they're just in general, they're virgins. They haven't spent a lot of time with girls in general. Then it's very hard to stay present. Breathe. Just breathe. Now don't don't make it more complicated. How do I breathe out? How many breaths do I breathe out? Just breathe. Just breathe because what breathing shows you is your attachment to your thought processes, absolutely. It shows you where you're at. But it also does so much good for you physiologically. It also just allows you to relax into the moment. Just relax into the physical moment. You're here and now. And so that's why I like the logical catch yourself. I like, am I drinking the water? But why I like, and the why I say why I like that is because that's a good starting point. That's a good point for those of you that are struggling with starting to read into more of the deeper stuff I'm trying to get into, which we will start to dive into a little more here. I'm pushing you a little more. 
I just want to, I want to coax you into this though. Let me reset. Yeah, I'm just coaxing you in. I'm just trying to allow this very timid cat, this nice Neko, just to come in, just come in with me. That's all I'm doing with you guys here. So that's why I tell you about drinking the water. Is it the best one? Absolutely not. Because it does perpetuate the thought process. But if you can get to that and you can understand that, then please now understand why I then say I like the breathing even more. I like a physical catch yourself even more than a logical catch yourself. It doesn't diminish what the logical one does for you. This only goes you to the next level. It only brings you to the next level because this is the crux point. Let me get a sip of this matcha. This is the crux point right here that at the end of the day and the highest level I could think of of being able to bring yourself into the present moment with someone is to cut off all thought process. Because as I described before, thought process to me is a dream. It's a dream in the sense that life's not thinking. Life is now. And anything anything but that, I'm not necessarily concerned with. Anything but that, I'm not necessarily concerned with. And even as we start to unpackage this idea now of stepping out of the dream and coming back into reality, you start to notice that I'm starting to talk a lot slower, that I'm starting to use less words. I'm probably not being as articulate as I was before because the need to talk is starting to leave me right now. I've trained myself to the point where right there, right there, for those of you that are listening right now, I would go and watch the YouTube version of this at this at that time market. When I just said I've trained myself and I took a breath, for those of you watching on YouTube, you saw how rela- relaxed I just got. And for those of you listening, you would have heard the breath, but you couldn't have seen my physiology. And what I did just then, and I know I'm unpacking it, and you just bear with me because I realize it's, it's, this is the paradox that in order for me to pass on this lesson to you, I am going to have to actually do go against what the lesson is. So please just slow down me here. In that one moment, I completely cut off all thought. When I said I have trained myself, and I just did it again then, all I did was I stopped all thought. I stopped all thought. I had no conception of past or future. I had no conception of what you guys are thinking of this moment. I had no conception of where I am in this podcast, what time of the day it is, when was that I last ate, what am I going to be doing tomorrow, none of that shit. Nothing else entered my mind at that moment because I trained myself that when I really need to and when the moment is required, that I require no thought in this moment. I know what what it means now to separate from my thoughts, come out of that dream and come into this very one moment right now. And this is the tactics of it. Like this is the non-woo-woo of it. This is this there is no religious aspect to this. This is hardcore tactics that you use, that I use, that when I'm next to a girl and I'm freaking out and I'm freaking out of my mind, I might not look like it on the outside, right? I, I if we're being straight up honest here, if I'm going out on a date with a girl, especially on the first day too. Right, and for those of you that are unaccustomed to that terminology, just on the first date past the initial interaction, you know, met her on the street, met her in the club, whatever, the first time we meet up with each other, I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous. Why? Because she means something to me. 
and this interaction means something to me. I would not be nervous if I was not excited about meeting up with this girl. If it was a girl that I was, you know, just kind of ha ha about, then I would not be getting nervous, right? So I'm always going to be a little bit higher heart rate. I'm always going to have a tendency to overthink things just a little bit in those five to 10 minutes before she rocks up and I'm standing there in front of the cafe that said we're going to meet out or I'm standing there in front of the, the mall's balls or we're standing there in front of Federation Square or whatever. I'm always going to be a little bit nervous and the idea and the, sorry, the propensity for me to overthink this is always going to be there. So it is so important for me to know how to have trained myself how to just and again there, you have to be watching the video to see what I just did. But what I just did is that I separated from my thoughts and that I came into what is really happening right now. I came back to life, so to speak. I came back to life. Now, some of you might be thinking now, so what are you trying to say here, Adam? Is all thinking bad? If you say all thinking's bad, you have an attachment to good and bad and you have an attachment to your thinking. And if you say, okay, well, then there is no bad and there is no good, well, then you're attached to emptiness. And this is something that I've been learning from Sung Sa in uh, Dropping Ashes on the Buddha. Even the very idea of attaching words and attaching judgments to things, that's all thinking. It's just thinking. So there is a balance and a harmony that I am still, quite frankly, working out myself. Absolutely. But what I've, where I am at right now in 2018 as 25-year-old Adam, what I have found for me is that there is a time and a place where thinking is required, but only when thinking is required. So when we talk about planning, when we talk about having to plan for the future to make sure certain things get done and making sure that certain things in the past don't repeat themselves, you know, that's just macro. What I've come to harmonize within myself is that I will think about those things when the time is required. When I need to do my tax and accounting, when I need to do my books at the end of the month, I will do my books at the end of the month and I will plan for the next month. But I will not spend any moment beyond that thinking about that until that is required. It, is, it does not serve me in this day right now, what's today, like Thursday? It does not serve me on Thursday to be thinking about what I'm going to be doing on Sunday. It does not serve me at all. Unless I know that I need to plan something for Sunday, which is that this moment needs to be, that has to be organized in this moment. In this moment, okay, say someone hits me up, say I want to do a podcast, but I've got to organize that for Sunday. So what are you trying to say? Don't think about that till Sunday. Well, then it will never get organized. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, okay, that, that opportunity has presented itself. I will handle that opportunity here and now. And once it is done, I will not think about it again until it requires my attention again. So that's where I'm at with thought processes. That's where I'm at with thinking. That yes, thinking is required and planning is required to get things done in the future. Absolutely. I'm not that. And this is where you start to see my oscillation between Zen mind and between trying to understand how to operate within this world of cities. What I refer to as the trees in the cities, the trees being the spiritual, the trees being the Zen mind, the city being the uh, monkey mind, the Zen being the caged monkey mind. And I, like I've said, I'm also going to say in full disclosure, I have not still, you know, come back to me in 25 years, I'll probably have a very different way of looking at this. But at least at this stage in life, 
I try to spend as little time as possible thinking about things that do not require thinking. And the things that I do deem require thinking, they have to be relevant in this moment. I'm not, like for example, I've got two podcasts planned for this weekend. One on Saturday morning and one on Sunday morning. I don't need to think about what I'm going to talk about with those, those people until I'm going to be talking with those people. And I don't need to think about messaging those people until I actually need to message those people. That's really what I'm trying to get at here with this whole thinking thing. And I know we dived off into many different tangents here, but of course we had to. And I'm, now that I'm climbing back up the rabbit hole, how did we get to all this? We got to all this because of the sexual space. And how I find that a physical catch myself is best. Yeah, here we go. This is such... This is really like reining myself back up that rabbit hole that, you know, I talked about being on that, being on the date with the girl or wait just in those moments before a girl is about to rock up on a date and that propensity to overthink it and think about what, what I'm going to say to her first or how am I going to look at her, like all that different shit. If I can just catch myself by breathing, it is when, and this is really what I was doing when I said, go back on the YouTube and watch when I took those silent moments. All I did in those silent moments was breathe. And when I'm when I'm in a bed, when I'm in the bed next to her, and I feel myself starting to get tense and tight, overthinking this shit, overanalyzing, if she's getting a little bit nervous, and I'm trying to think about how best to calm her down. The best way to calm a girl down who's nervous is to breathe yourself. Because the strongest frame always wins. If you have an extremely nervous frame, she is going to have an extremely nervous frame. If you have an extremely calm, centered, grounded frame. She is going to be able to melt into that, dive into that. It might not happen immediately based on the girl in front of you. Maybe the girl in front of you has been raped. Maybe the girl in front of you has been sexually assaulted. Maybe the girl in front of you has been mistreated by many different people across many years. That might That's all her. And that might take her a lot of time to overcome that with you. So it might not happen in a moment, but it will never happen if you can't control yourself and if you can't know yourself. And this is what we dive into that question is, who are you? Smile at the camera here. Smile at the camera here. Who are you? Now, I feel like this is a good time for us to ask this question. And I don't mean it when I've talked about this before. When I've talked about this before as to who are you, I made very specific structural lines to say that we are not talking on a metaphysical, spiritual level. We are not when I because I have got a podcast on called creating an identity for yourself and I, and a purpose and an identity creating purpose and identity for yourself and I said at the beginning of that podcast well, I am not talking about the more deeper level understanding of what that means I was referring to in that podcast as to creating a purpose for yourself in this life of ten thousand things in the world of ten thousand things the world of the cities as I refer to it as having a purpose in life. Hold up. So that was in a very different light. That was me talking on a very superficial level. But, and I said that one day, maybe we will talk about who are you on a deeper level. And maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just start it here. Maybe I'll just start it here because it's not really the entire podcast I wanted to go into, not entirely relevant to everything I want to go into because I'm realizing that it's probably its own podcast, likely its own podcast and that I would like to talk about with other people as well. But it actually requires very little talking. So that's why I wanted to bring this up. So let me just keep my mind checked in here. The reason why I want to go on this just at the beginning, just I just want to start this conversation with you because this podcast is a relationship with all of you. For anyone who's listening at this point, we have a relationship in which that 
It's not like the five minute video I put up this morning on the key to having a successful first date. I don't necessarily have that deep of a relationship with the people watching that video. I'm sure some of you who are in with the deep shit with me here do watch those videos, but if you only watch those type of short videos, we don't have that much of a deep relationship. For those of you that listen to this shit, we have an ongoing relationship in which that I feel like to be continued, to be continued next time on Dragon Ball Z, right? That's how I view these these podcasts, that they're not one and dones. And if you've been listening for a long time, you'll definitely uh, get that. I know you get that. I just, maybe some of you, it's the first time you're listening to a longer potter. just want to explain that. So I'm going to start this conversation with you guys around the who are you. And I'll ask you, who are you? Jot it down. Let's start with this. Jot it down. Whatever your response is in this moment, write the date and jot it down. Whatever your first response was to who are you, knowing that I'm not talking about your identity on a, on a surface level. You know when I'm saying who are you, I'm really asking who are you when you were, here we go, to help you help you with your structure because the structure of this conversation is that we eventually want to get to no structure. I'm using words because I use words to help you learn and help you to teach you. But please know that the truth of what I'm saying here requires no words, but it does help. I acknowledge it does help to have some type of thought structure to go into this. So when I say, who are you? Just jot down your first response to that. And when I say that, when I say on a deeper level, how deep? Well, who are you before you were given a name? Who are you before you had thought? Before you had ideas of, I am a human being, what's that? Three years old, five years old, six years old, when you start to have conscious awareness of yourself and start to develop your own egoic uh, mind, think about it. Who were you when you came out of the womb? Who's that person? If it is a person, don't be attached to any of the words I'm saying. Just think about it. Who are you? If you want to use your essence, your core, your source, Whatever, they're all words. They're only words. Just use the words as a structure. And within the structure, start to look for truth. Start to find what might be a little bit deeper for you. Interesting, huh? Interesting how this, how this came up. Because really what I was, I'm not sure entirely whether who are you came up with, but I know I was talking about being there with a girl. I know I was talking about sexual space of a girl and maybe I won't even try and ravel this one maybe I'll just roll forward like normally I try and roll back up the rabbit hole maybe actually I'll just roll into a different one <laughs> and actually just for some just for sums just for sums here definitely what I was trying to get at there with you guys is that physiological catch yourselves being able to breathe and being able to, and have trained that having trained that because that doesn't happen in a day that does not happen in a day. That requires a lot of training to be able to be in a nervous position and to be able to just completely conk out, to completely, and conk out, what does that mean? Conk in. Conking out is conking in. Like to those of you that were watching me on YouTube just then, it looked like I just like, just like a, like a robot that just got depowered. Like, like that type of thing. But what that really is to say is that I'm really just connecting to the present moment. That takes time. That takes a lot of time. That takes 
me over the last seven years of practicing every single day to do that. And so what I found for myself is that as I've developed and cultivated that power to be able to step into the power of this moment, it just has been so beneficial for the rest of my life. And notice how it doesn't require any religion. And that's why I've always resonated with Lao Tzu's teachings in the Tao Te Ching 10, 2,500 years ago. That the Tao, which what does the Tao mean? The way, the true way, the way of things. It's just the way of things. And that in the very beginning of the Tao Te Ching, it describes that to know the true way, you can't call it the true way. Because in order to label the true way, you have lost the very essence of the true way. When you start to label things, you start to think of things, you lose its true essence because you are starting to think. So I know, I know it's all, it's all paradoxical and it's all, it can all seem a little bit uh, heady at first, but just breathe, <sighs> just breathe. And that's why I resonated with that philosophy the most because it's a philosophy in non-philosophy. It's a philosophy in that when you understand it, you actually realize that I don't really need to think at all and that I, it makes it very easy in that way. And, you know, I was actually talking to a girl on the gram uh, in the DMs and she, you know, she asked me, hmm, shall we do this? Shall we do this? She might even be listening to this. I hope she is because we're going to dive into this right now. Actually, no, uh, it's almost like this is becoming a different potter because that's a very long conversation. I feel like I would like to dive more into that. Basically, she asked me, who am I? She asked you, she said to me, who are you? And I responded to her by saying, the sun rises and the bells chime. I am just like this. And she responded to me saying that, well, that's all very figurative. And I find it's very, and so you're hiding, you're hiding or something like that. And I feel like the sun and, and these things, we can't really touch them. We can't really hold them. And the sunset and all these things, she's essentially trying to say to me that she didn't quite resonate with the figurative speech. She didn't quite understand what I meant figuratively. And I responded to her saying that, that's where you're mistaken. I didn't mean that figuratively. When you asked me, who am I? And I say to you, I am Adobe Audition recording this podcast. I am the birds outside chirping. I am the bells that chime in the wind. I am the breeze that blows in the wind. I am just like this. I don't mean that figuratively. The sun rises and the birds chirp. The dogs bark and the car whines. I mean that literally. I am just like this. And if you don't understand what that means, you got work to do. And I had a lot of work to do to get to that point. I am just like this. And what's important in understanding what I just said is that it's not about the words. That's why I gave you so many different examples. I gave her one, I gave her two. Because I was literally just describing to her what was happening in the moment. I said to her, I was, when she said that to me and I responded, I, look, I tapped into the moment and I looked at, who am I? Hmm. The sun's rising, the birds are chirping, the wind's blowing and the bells are chiming. I am just like this. I don't mean that figuratively. I mean that literally. And if she's listening to this, I mean that literally. So she might think, 
So he literally thinks he's the breeze in the wind, or he's he literally thinks he's the sun rising. Mm-mm. If you if that's your thought process, you're attached to words. You need to look beyond the words. You feel feel into what I'm saying when I say that the sun rises and the bells chime. I am just like this. The camera records and the microphone sounds. I am just like this. So that's why I think we'll leave that part of this. Because as you can see, it's a podcast in and of itself. But ongoing relationship. Hopefully there's one or two of you listening right now that just got some, had your, uh, had your mind blown for a second and realized that you got some work to do as well. And so do I. And so do I. So, cultivating presence. Cultivating presence. We haven't really talked about meditational practices, have we? Not really. Should we dive into this? Yeah, let's dive into this. Because it was one of the questions that I contacted him on. Let me pop this up. He said to me, so we'll bring it back to him. Uh, no, yeah, so I said to him in my, in my context follow-up question, do you have a daily meditation slash mindfulness practice? And he said to me, Mm-mm. He said to me, I have intervals of doing meditation. I try to do it almost every day, unless I'm very busy. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's okay. That in and of itself is one of the greatest Zen proverbs slash Zen teachings you'll ever find. Listen to this again, because this will segue us into talking about meditational practices and mindfulness practices. I asked him, do you have a meditation practice? And he responds, I have intervals of doing meditation. I try to do it almost every day unless I am very busy. So do any of you know the proverb I'm talking about? I wonder. I wonder. I'm going to paraphrase it here. You can get the exact quote. I'm going to be pretty close, pretty damn close to it. But essentially the the Zen proverb goes this, goes like something like this. Each and every person, woman and child, woman, man and child, should meditate for an hour a day. Hold up, no reset. Let me start that again. Each man, woman and child should meditate for an hour a day. Unless he or she is too busy, in which he should meditate five hours a day. <laughs> that's li- When I read his email, I was like, that's literally the Zen proverb that I've, that I've studied quite deeply. You know, look, listen to that. Listen to him. I have intervals of doing meditation. I try to do it almost every day unless I am very busy. So what does that Zen proverb mean? And what is it? What am I going to say to this dude? You try to meditate every day, which is to say that you try to be present every day unless you are too busy to be present. Well, then to me, that means that you need to spend even more time attending and diving into this present, learning to cultivate presence unless I am very busy. That right there says to me everything I need to know about this person. When I I hear that, when I see that, when I read that message, I go, well, this person, of course, this person has so much work to do and has so many issues with being present with a woman in a sexual space, with being present with his friends, with being present in general. There's separation there. There's separation in which that he treats 
his meditational practice as a separation from his everyday doings. Go back to Miyamoto Musashi. Go back to everyday stance being your battle stance and battle stance being the everyday stance, right? Clear mind is every mind. The one mind is all mind. And I'm just dropping a whole bunch of different Zen seeds because you might resonate one more than the other, right? Your, uh, the way that you sleep on the tatami is the way that you go into battle. There is no separation. There is no separation. And so that if you feel like, and I want to stay more on the tacticals of the practice of meditation, but to me, and actually that's where I'll go into on this, otherwise we'll get a little bit too off into different things. Let me just say this. Should you have a meditational practice in which that you have sit down, what we call in Zen, they call in Zen, they call it sitting. Yes. The reason why I say yes is not because of some spiritual reason. It is purely because of the tactics of learning to concentrate in one moment. There are so many physiological benefits to just forcing yourself to sit down and to just focus on your breath. However you want to do it. You want to do transcendental meditation where you have a mantra that you just, you know, you just go om, om, and you just focus on om the entire time. Okay, focus on om the entire time. If that gets you to focus on one thing for an extended period of time, so many benefits, so many cognitive benefits that there's hardcore research on to the development of the, of the frontal cortex. And you've probably heard a lot of times prefrontal cortex, but all that entire, that entire facility of the part of your mind that has a lot to do with your ability to control thought. Okay. Oh, hold up. Don't even, I don't think I even reset that. My apologies. I just didn't reset the timer on my phone. <clears throat> so there's a lot of hardcore research on the benefits of being able to control your mind and specifically the part of your mind to do with thought. Okay. So there's that. There's just the benefits of doing that. That's why I say everyone should have some form of sit-down meditation, but with no spiritual attachment. It's purely just to train your mind. It's like there is a spiritual and religious attachment that I have to the cold showers, but that's not why I started doing them, and that's not why I would recommend you do it. Right? I have a deep spiritual fulfillment that comes from the process of going through this, the cold shower. It is such a flow activity for me i get so much presence and the ability to tap into the present moment through it and that the what it does for me as a human being and my evolutions of consciousness that i get so much of that through that but at the core level the physiological benefits that come from a cold shower that's why you want to do that for the most part same as sitting same as sitting down and concentrating right it's just going to help you to control your thoughts help you to control your emotions as well when things rise up all of that just a greater control why wouldn't you want to have greater control of your mental facility, your psychological energy? Why would you not want to have more control of that? That's why you want to do that. However, however, when you now, and because some people say, but how is that going to improve my daily life? We do the training so that we're prepared for the battle. Okay. You don't, you don't all of a sudden, you know, you don't go through life. You don't go through life with a, wooden hut okay you got just a wooden hut and then all of a sudden on the eve of battle on the eve of some horde of persians that are at your doorstep right at your doorstep all of a sudden say oh maybe i should build a wall maybe i should have built a wall right this is the training aspect this is the sharpening your blade aspect that we train in the quiet moments so in the loud moments we are prepared that's what sitting down does for you is that when you go out into your daily life, if you are used to this extreme focused moment 
this extreme practice, then every then being present in everyday life and mindfulness in every everyday life, it has a trickle down effect. It has this effect that because you've had such deep physiological connection to what it feels like to be just 100% present in that moment, it's very easy to get back to that feeling in the everyday moment when you are buying your coffee, when you are in the park, when you are just walking with your girl, right? That's why you do that. So don't don't look so much into the spiritual and religious aspects of it. You can by all means dive into that, but purely sitting down in short, brief moments, whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, that has a trickle-down effect to the rest of your life, case in point. At least that's what it's been for me anyway. So that segues us into mindfulness here. So mindfulness practice, well, kind of, we kind of just address that in general. It's not so much that, you know, mindfulness and the separation I make of mindfulness is that it's the, it really comes back to the catch yourself. It really comes back to the catch yourself, your awareness of your psychological being in each and every moment. That's all the mindfulness is to me. And the better you can get at that, hey man, you're going to be so much better when it comes to these situations where you feel like you can't socially interact very well with girls or guys or family or work or whatever. Right? If you are more mindful, and all that really means is that I am aware of my thought process. I am aware of whether I am in this one moment right now or whether I'm stuck in the past or rooted in the future. Each and every one of those, you think about that, you get into it, you start to understand yourself. We know ourselves. Ah, well, it goes back to knowing yourself. And I feel like that's where we wrap this up in terms of cultivating presence. You know, I always like to wrap up with summaries. And I guess the first stuff or the first thing that we kind of dived into with cultivating presence is just having catch yourselves on a logical sense. If you feel like breathing is too tough for you, you probably got a lot of work to do. Absolutely. But to baby step your way into it. And actually, you know, even because it's like, which one do I use more of? I would say more of now, I would say it's like a 90 10. At this stage in life, at this stage in life, now it's 90-10 in breathing, 10% in are you drinking the water. But back in the day, it was a lot easier for me. I do recall baby stepping myself through by just being able to catch myself when I'm not present, just being able to say to myself, hey, Adam, are you actually drinking the water? Adam, are you drinking the water? And say I was like in, like, like in a supermarket line. We're standing, we're in the supermarket, and I'm waiting in the line, and I just start thinking about random bullshit things. And I go, are you drinking the water? I'm like, oh, no shit, I'm not drinking the water. And all of a sudden, that brings me right back into this moment. I start just breathing into this moment. So you can see how helpful that is. But at a certain point, you want to relieve yourself of that and dive into a deeper level physiological catch yourself, which is just breathing and learning to get into the breathing of things. Become aware of the tension in your body. Become aware of your heart rate, your blood, right? Just, just all those different things, the flow of yourself, the flow of the energy within you. Be aware of all that and you start to bring awareness to that, that will start to become your go-to and your ticket, your big ticket. And of course, like nowadays, I kind of just, I think it's fun to, to tap myself in with the uh, logical, am I drinking the water? But I always know that the very best thing is to cut off all thought in general. You know, clear mind like the full moon. Clear mind like the full moon and not be attached to the coming and going of the clouds in my mind, aka the thoughts. Just always be aware that the full moon is always there. The clouds will always pass by and I will not be attached to their passing by. Comes and it goes. It comes and it goes. So that's really the summary of, for me, cultivating presence. Presence is literally that simple. 
And really, I would say that the greatest thing that I could have passed on to you, any one of you listening to this podcast, was in those moments of silence. Go back, go back and go back to those moments where I said that, right? When I tapped into that, when all thought process was completely cut. Because that, to me, is ultimate presence. It is literally waking up from the dream of your own thoughts and coming into the presence of life right now. That is presence. So however you get to that, that's how you get to that. And I encourage you to explore that for yourself. You know, this experience we have as human beings in life, to me, is all exploration. No right or wrong. Just find your way. Find your way. Like, as I've been learning from these students that come to Zen Masters and I read these dialogues, there is no need to have Zen Masters if you are already enlightened. There is no need to ask what enlightenment is and to ask what the path to enlightenment is if you are already enlightened. And this is these dialogues I've been reading between Zen Masters and their students, whether it be you know, Sunotomo or whether it be Musashi, whether it be uh, Sunsa or whatever, um, Sung, uh, Sung San. It's very interesting how they themselves acknowledge that the ultimate truth is not to be found within thinking about the ultimate truth. You know, I think about Lao Tzu and I think about the lessons he passed on. And it, I just, I know that it didn't, I did not get that at the beginning. And it's been seven years since I first found out about his teachings. And I'm only really just now started to really grasp what it truly means, what enlightenment truly is. And what it really means to be the sun rising and the bells chiming in the wind and that I am just like that. And knowing that as I say that separates me from that. You know, it's, it's, such a, it's such a beautiful thing when you come to that understanding. So that's why I will, where I will, where I will, that's hard to say quickly. That is where I will wrap this up. And it's been an interesting ride here. And I continue to go down this ride with you. So for those of you that were worried that maybe we'll never do another solo potto again, no, no. Like, I, The reason why I said, if you go back to the potto with Mikel, the reason why, because he was the first guest on potto 81, I believe. Or was it 82? 81 or 82. The reason why I said to him that I wanted to now bring guests in is because I'm at a stage in life now where I've pretty much got out most of my thoughts and I want to now get in other perspectives as I go to work on other thoughts. As I go to work on other things, instead of me just not making podcasts, because listen, I don't like to make potos. Every single potto I've made has a direct purpose, has a very direct purpose. And I'll never just sit down here and just go, okay, guys, um, let's just shoot the shit. No, if we're going to shoot the shit, I'd rather shoot the shit with someone because I know we're going to eventually dive into something deeper. I don't just shoot the shit with myself. Right? That doesn't make sense. If I'm making a potto, I want to make it highly relevant, highly purposeful. So the solo potters are always going to be probably way more tactical, less shooting the shit. But I acknowledge that I need, I'm at a growth stage in life where I'm going to work on my own philosophies. I'm going to work on my own experiences in life, which means that I don't want to talk as much on my own because there's not so much to talk about. I've already done a lot of that. So I'm bringing in guests so I can hear what they have to say. So I can kind of shut the fuck up for an hour, an hour and a half and hear what they have to say for the most part. And, you know, of course, like that's why they are a little more, more focused where I don't really, because I know my own shit. I know what I know. I know, I know what I think already. I want to hear what these people think. 
So that's why I will be bringing on a lot of guests. And that's why I will continue to do solo as well. But just know that it's all liquid. It's all liquid and it's all based on what I feel like I can give the greatest value to you. So I'll wrap that up here. And thank you guys so much for being on the journey with me. I'm realizing this is where I would normally wrap up with my uh, plugs. But if you guys have been listening to the audio version only, I have an outro now purely for the uh purely for that so i guess i'll do that then so i wish you guys the best oh let me just say this then go ahead and hit me up on the gram at we tang one best place to connect with me outside of this but i will do that in the outro okay whatever i'll catch you guys very soon much peace and much joy Ciao. thank you very much for staying with me my friends i appreciate it and if you guys would like to dive in with me a little bit deeper at the gram at we tang one on the website boldoja.com where this podcast is brought to you by you can pick up my ebook you can book one-on-one Skype coaching. You can dive in for those deep immersive boot camps on Bodoja.com. I kind of already did the outro in the actual episode itself. So I'm going to leave this right here just saying that I wish you guys the best in your journeys. And I thank you very much for supporting me. I really appreciate your feedback. If you want to drop me a comment on YouTube, drop a thumbs up on the video. If you want to slide me a DM on the gram, if you want to shoot me an email, I'll really appreciate that. So thank you very much, my friends. Much peace and much joy. <laughs>